podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday morning, the final Monday of July, July 25th. I can't believe uh, it, how the time has flown. August will be here next week. So hard to believe we are into our eighth month of this crazy year, 2021. Not quite yet, but we will be there soon. So happy Monday to everyone out there. And I know not many people listen to the Monday morning podcast, but you know what? It's it's getting a little better. I still want to do it. I still want to talk about a few things and you know as sports has kind of died down except for the olympics of course the olympics is going on that's always a something semi-interesting you go out to restaurants or you know you flip in the channel and you see different sports on that you maybe haven't ever seen before you're like oh you've you almost forget oh yeah the olympics are on there's always something to watch which is pretty cool especially with the time change and everything there's always something to to watch you know bill barnes isn't a big fan of the olympics i'm not a huge fan of it but I do kind of, I don't know, I, I, I turn and see, hey, what, what's our medal count? Who's doing, you know, what American team is, uh, is playing right now? Or maybe some other intriguing storylines. I'm curious, what are some of your guys' favorite Olympic sports? Send, send those to me and I'll, I'll chat about that maybe next Monday. But uh, I've always liked basketball, uh, track, swimming, you know, stuff, races, things of that nature, things that are like quick, very quick that you don't have to like, invest a lot of time into i liked uh baseball i like seeing i don't know what it is about international baseball but i like it i i like seeing team usa out there and haven't watched any games i don't even know if they played played yet but i did see some uh contests on tv uh yesterday a sunday when we were out and about had uh had some good food with some friends and uh you know plenty of uh other refreshments so definitely in need of both coffee and uh, a lot of water today that's all i'll say Anyway, good morning to everyone out there. It's a little rainy, got a little drizzle here in uh, sunny Southern California, a little June gloom here in late July, which is interesting. Uh, I do have a few topics today that I want to talk about, um, just a, a few different things, really. Uh, I'm going to talk about, um, let's see, just in summary, my thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma possibly going to the SEC, what that means for the Big 12. I'll talk a little bit about hard knocks. That's coming up here, the NFL the uh, HBO television show in August, where it will follow this year, the Dallas Cowboys up in Oxnard, California for their practices and preseason things. Uh, the, the, the renaming of the Cleveland Indians, uh, what I think of that, the whole NFL vaccination policy, there's a few things here to chat about. And while it's not all going to be sports, I do have some other things I want to talk about uh, it, that aren't necessarily sports related just kind of sharing my opinions as always. Um, we, we try to do sports. We try our best, uh, but you know what? Sometimes uh, we got to talk about current events and, and get my opinions on things. And again, they're just my opinions. No one has, you don't have to agree with them, but it's just an opportunity for, for me to uh, speak my mind uh, because, you know, these days if you post something, it could get censored or removed or whatever. So that's has always kind of been my way to talk uh, literally into a microphone. And get my opinions on on Mondays about some things. That's why I always like getting topics from you guys 
um, questions, things of that nature. Just uh, I want to continue to make this very fan fan friendly and interactive with you guys. Another idea I had was uh, to maybe go through the well, my favorite sports teams, at least growing up, maybe yours. And who is your Mount Rushmore? Who is your Mount Rushmore of the San Francisco 49ers, of the Los Angeles Dodgers, of the Lakers, of the Rams, whoever you root for, maybe all your teams? Who are the four heads up there? Who are the four presidents that you would carve into a mountain for your specific fanhood, not not the greatest of all time necessarily, but who are your four uh, favorite coaches, players, uh, contributors to uh, to to that team? For me specifically, as an example, I would put Chick Hearn and Vince Scully in the Mount Rushmore of Dodgers and Lakers. That, that's just me. I I think they have been there for so many people and contributed greatly to to them to the to their organizations. I should say. But like, uh, you know, for, for me, the Rams, I'm not going to do mine right now. I need to think about maybe at the end of the show, if I come up with something uh, or if we're, we're short on time or need time, need to fill. But like the Rams, I would have Kurt Warner in there, uh, probably Aaron Donald, um, uh, Jack, Jack Youngblood for as tough as he, I never saw him play. It was before my time. So it doesn't have to be somebody that you necessarily watched or saw it. Maybe you, you want to pay tribute to, uh, history uh, and things of that nature. The guys, guys, you never saw play, but you know, they were studs, you know, so not saying the greatest, the greatest uh, four players. It's just who is your Mount Rushmore? Anyone can go, Oh, these are the four or five greatest players. Uh, from uh, if I had to say the Lakers, I would say magic Johnson, Jerry West. Uh, I, I don't know who, who would go for after that. I I would say Kobe, but that's going to be a popular one. Um, but I'm like, okay, again, my type of players, right? Uh, I like, I liked Mark Madsen. I liked, um, oh man, one of my Kurt Rambus. I liked him uh, who was uh, another great uh, Laker that I enjoyed. I liked, I liked guys like uh, Robert Ori, you know, big shot Rob, of course. Um, he played with the Lakers uh, quite some time. Rick Fox was cool. Uh, so there was, Derek Fisher would be a tough one to, to pass up on for me. Again, my types of players, my Mount Rushmore guys that I, anyone could say, Oh yeah, it was great to watch Kobe Bryant drop 60 points or whatever, but it would give me an idea of who, you know, who are your types of players? Who are you? Anyone could say, okay, Joe Montana and, uh, and Jerry Rice and Steve, Young, you know, sometimes it's going to be just the, the four greatest guys who played uh, in, the, in uh, on a team or whatever. But I think it would be fun. Similarly to when you guys sent me in your favorite top 10 sports moments, as far as things you attended or games you watched, I think this could be fun and uh, stimulate some conversation and such. So uh, it is Monday. One thing I want to do today is, uh, is do a suds with studs segment. And I want to do something different today. I've been talking specifically about uh, military members, law enforcement um, I talked about like uh, United 93, the, the civilians on, on that flight uh, on 9-11 who tried to retake the plane and uh, died as heroes, crashing it into a field. Um, so it, this is meant to pay tribute to those who've showed great courage and made sacrifices. And um, I don't know, just have, have been uh, people that we can look up to. And so today I'm going to do something different. This person I'm going to discuss is not in the military was in the military it was not somebody 
that uh, was in law enforcement, but I think it's somebody that uh, stood for America. Uh, it was an, it was an, he was an athlete who uh, accomplished something truly amazing, but the way in which he, uh, he achieved his greatness uh, was very, very difficult and not just difficult, but um, I don't know. It was, he didn't get the gratitude, unfortunately, that I think he deserved. And uh, I want to talk to you today in our Suds with Studs segment today. As I, we talk about heroes, we talk about people who have made a difference and somebody that we would love to sit down and have a cold one with, and not just by the first round, but every single round. So today, our honoree in honor of the Olympics, I want to talk about Jesse Owens, the four-time gold medalist at the 1936 Olympic Games that were in Berlin. And, you know, this country, America, has had a, uh, a not-so-pretty history when it comes to uh, race relations, especially at that time, you know, it spilled into the, the 50s and 60s as well. I would argue that it's uh, way better than it was before. There's still pockets here and there. And I know racial uh, justice and equality, that's a big topic of discussion in 2020 and 2021. Uh, but, but if you look back to Jesse Owens in 1936 and what he did, it was truly remarkable, not just winning four gold medals, all right, not just being, um, one of only, I think it was 18 uh, black athletes for the United States in 1936. But uh, he went into Nazi Germany three years before World War II started. Hitler and the, 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 uh, the Nazis had, had you know, slowly built up uh, to become uh, the power that they would try to take over the world, right? And the uh, Aryan supremacy and all this, uh, all this BS that cost people countless lives, murdered, uh, murdered millions of people, and uh, there was a great deal of loss of life in the Allied forces to defeat Hitler and the Nazis. Well, this was right before that all started in 1939 when Hitler invaded Poland to start officially start World War II. Jesse Owens in the United States track team goes into Berlin, Nazi flags everywhere, Heil and Heil Hitler. And, you know, uh, people knew what the Germans had kind of become, but they weren't like, you think of it, there's no social media back then. I mean, everything you got was just looking through a newspaper. So it was kind of word of mouth what this uh, this empire was was forming and, and trying to uh, had plans to uh, take over the world basically. But anyway, uh, Jesse Owens, track athlete from Ohio State, goes into the the Olympics in 1936, and uh, as a black man, just kicks the Germans, kicks uh, everyone's, kicks everyone's rear end, just dominates. And four gold medals, one in the 100, one in the 200, one in the long jump, and one in the four by 100. And what's interesting about his gold medal in the 200 meters is that two guys in that race set a world record. The person who finished second place, who got the silver medal, finished just behind Jesse Owens, uh, who was also an American. And... They both imagine breaking a world record and finishing second. That's crazy. And the person who finished second was none other than Matthew Mac Robinson, the brother, the older brother 
of the great Jackie Robinson. So uh, Mac Robinson has had uh, great contributions to the city of uh, Pasadena alongside his brother, Jackie Robinson, of course, who they're both from that area. Uh, but man, that, that kind of gets lost in the story really is that Mac Robinson finishes second at the 36 uh, Olympic games in the 200 meters, probably the most famous or, or uh, the best silver medal of all time. Maybe I would argue. And uh, I don't know, maybe his name is something uh, different down the road. If there wasn't this guy named Jesse Owens there. So uh, kind of a, an interesting part of history there to think about. But uh, so Mac Robinson, man, tough break, man, tough break. <laughs> but uh, hey, cheers to you and your second place silver. So Je- Je- Jesse Owens goes into uh, Berlin and wins four gold medals. And I think, let's see here if he set some records. Or I do know what, that when he was in college, listen to this. This is before the Olympics, 1935 at the Big Ten track meet in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Jesse Owens set three world records and tied another, probably in these same events, I'm I'm guessing. Maybe there was other events. Uh, Three world records and tied another. So four world records, basically, in 45 minutes. It's a feat that has never been equaled and has been called the greatest 45 minutes in any sport. Uh, I saw that. I couldn't believe that. Uh, four world records basically in less than an hour. Unbelievable uh, accomplishment for the likes of Jesse Owens. So he he does that in college. A year later, he's in the Olympics and he is uh, competing in Nazi Germany in front of Hitler. And Hitler, uh, you know, the the Nazis had this uh, this theory, this uh, this awful. Uh, uh, way of life that where they envision this uh, Aryan supremacy, right? And when when Jesse Owens goes there and kicks their ass, it puts to bed. At at, at the time, it's a, it's it, it it punches the the Germans right in the in the mouth basically and says, uh, "No, you're not superior. You don't, you're not a superior race." Uh, so Jesse Owens with his four gold medals. And what's, what's amazing to me is that there's a great picture of Jesse. I posted it and there was some dialogue we'll say with the comments, uh, someone commented and said, yeah, you got to tell the whole story, man, or something of that nature. But the picture that I posted, it shows Jesse Owens in the stadium on the medal stand. There's someone, I don't know what the third place guy was. Maybe, maybe Japan. It was, he was of Asian descent. He, He was standing there on the medal stand looking uh looking pretty upset and i'm not sure which event this medal ceremony was for but there's a probably a second or third place guy uh on the medal stand as well clearly a a german because he's given a a hail hitler uh uh heil hitler hail whatever the 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 saying was uh uh, i try not to get caught up in the that whole uh, the evil uh, side of things which the nazis were uh and the whole stadium is doing the the Heil Hitler, uh, what do you call that, uh, motion, salute. I don't like calling it a salute because uh, Jesse Owens is giving an actual salute to the American flag uh, as the rest of the stadium is doing this Heil Hitler uh, salute. So really think about that. Think about the athletes now who kneel because – they're oppressed apparently. Oh, Matt, well, they're doing it. They're, they're making a statement for people that are oppressed. 
or talking about how horrible the country is, whatever. Meanwhile, you got a hero in Jesse Owens who is saluting the flag, saluting his country in the middle of the most evil setting you can probably think of. Uh, I mean, think about this would be like ISIS hosting an Olympics. I don't like making comparisons to the Nazis. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't even imagine this. You're in a stadium there and the, the war atrocities had not been totally committed yet, but Hitler did some pretty evil things to gain power, to get to power, took out a lot of his own people. Right. Um, so what Jesse Owens did was just truly remarkable. I mean, I don't know that I would have had the strength to go out there and compete knowing that this, this stadium full of people probably uh, truly hated you, not just hated where you came from, but hated you because of your skin color thought you didn't deserve. This wasn't thought that you didn't deserve to exist. This wasn't kicking you out of a store because of your, your color of your skin. This was, uh, a a regime that was beginning this process to uh, exterminate those who did not look like them or were not like them. And it had to be scary to go in there and and compete. So for courage and his bravery and his, his outright uh, ballerness, we'll say, just going in there and dominating four gold medals. Take that, Nazis. And then to, to salute the American flag while everyone else is, is doing the, you know, the evil Heil Hitler thing. It, it really spoke to me when I saw that photo, and, and I was blown away by it because I had heard the Jesse Owens story before. My mom told me as a kid, oh, man, he goes in. in the Olympics were in, in Berlin, in Germany, and, and just explaining me the whole story. And uh, I just couldn't believe it, man, when I saw that photo of him. And, and the write-up that I, that I posted along with it was basically talking about spoiled athletes now. I mean, what, what's crazy about the Jesse Owens story, now kind of the, the bad part of it is he goes home. There was other things that happened in this and that, but he goes home and he didn't get the recognition he deserved. He still had to, he still had to ride in the back of the bus. He had tough time finding work. He was working as like a gas station attendant a lot of his life. And because of the color of his skin, when he came back to America, he, he wasn't celebrated as he should have been. And, and that is truly unacceptable. And it was a different time. It was not 2021. All right. And it's not excusing the way in which he was treated. That's how it was, I guess, back then. I, I, I think it's a very unfortunate time in our history that at one time, People were looked down upon and mistreated and had separate places to eat, to use the restroom, separate water fountains, all those things. Absolutely awful. And I'm glad we no longer live that way. We now live in this uh, age where, you know, everyone, all men are created equal, uh, which is great to finally uh, live by instead of having segregation and things like that. So, uh, America did not celebrate Jesse Owens as it should have, but his legacy, what he accomplished, how he accomplished it uh, is absolutely celebrated and honored. 
And um, I encourage you guys go read up on, on Jesse Owens and uh, his, his legacy. He was a heavy smoker. So he, he, he died pretty young and I think uh, 66 years old. Um, but uh, one of the best track athletes, best Olympians, best American uh, athletes for, for doing what he did. Uh, I'd be curious what he had to say about some of the kneeling and stuff that goes on these days. Um, maybe he'd be for it. I don't know. Cause I, originally I think he was against uh, the two Olympians uh, who are the John Carlos, I forget their names where, where they did the, uh, he was originally against their demonstration in the Olympics on the metal stand. Um, uh, but then he changed, he, he went the other way. He switched, he changed his mind just cause he saw the American uh, way of life was not getting better as far as race relations go and this and that. So, um, but I applaud Jesse Owens for dominating at the Olympics in 1936 and just taking it to, to, to the Nazis and saluting our American flag. He loved a country that was not loving him. Now we have athletes that hate a country that loves them. Their oppression, Jesse Owens' oppression was coming home and having to forced to ride in the back of the bus or take a separate entrance to a restaurant. Today, the oppression of athletes is going home to their mansions in their $30 million a year contracts. So think about how far we've come and where we're at. It's not perfect. There's still improvements to be made. But I, I think uh, it, it's it was troubling to see that Jesse Owens did not get the, the credit he deserved. This was the final Olympics. Because remember, right after this, World War II started in 39. There were no Olympics in 1940, 1944. Canceled altogether. So the Olympics didn't come back until 1948. And this was a pretty significant moment in American history and Olympics history. Jesse Owens. So uh, to Jesse Owens, I salute you, sir. I know you've been gone a long time, but I salute you for your, your service to America in a very, very uh, hostile environment, we'll say. It wasn't war, but uh, what you did in your competition, your greatness, four gold medals in 1936 in front of the, uh, the Nazi party, um, pretty, pretty crazy. I know he, he came home. He, didn't, he was not. He didn't get to uh, shake the president's hand of the United States. Things, things like that happen, and it was just so unfortunate, and I, I, hope, I hope that his legacy has uh, been uh, – has gone the other way, that, it's, that it has uh, achieved gold status, for lack of a better term, no pun intended, um, because uh, one of the greatest athletes of all time, especially in track and field. So to Mr. Jesse Owens, you are someone I would love to sit down and – have a cold one with not just by the first round, but every single round, sir. So I wanted to talk to you guys about that today. Just kind of get those words off my chest about the legacy of Mr. Mr. Jesse Owens and his contribution to the United States of America. If you have thoughts, please send them my way. Uh, again, I don't know the whole story. And I, and I do know that he did not get the uh, credit he, he clearly deserved for his achievement. Um, so anyway, that is that. Okay. And next week, we'll have another edition of uh, Suds with Studs, where I have a long list going here of people, but I, I always encourage you guys to read up on these guys and also send me some, some, uh, some names, some stories, if you should have, should have some. Suds with Studs, I like to do it. It's just kind of, I think it 
brings it all together. It brings, uh, puts things in perspective uh, for all of us. Okay, where do I go from here? What do I want to touch on first? Um, oh, I posted something else on Facebook. Uh, it was it showed two people from the 1900 early 1900s wearing like masks or whatever. And I got some good comments on that. Uh, but it was basically, imagine being born in 1900, uh, having to go through the Spanish flu, then going through World War One, then going, uh, you know, through the depression, then going uh, World War Two, maybe you didn't fight in both, but in both of those uh, huge wars, but you, uh, the wars still affected us at home. I mean, you probably knew someone that went over and uh, fought and served. Uh, we had to put together, uh, you know, weapons and planes and all those things here back home. There was the war effort back home was a, was a big deal. Um, after World War uh, II, uh, the Korean War hits in the early 50s there. Then in your 60s, the Vietnam War is going on. Uh, Let's see. And ends when you're and when you're 75. So if you were born in 1900, you really did experience a lot of turmoil, a lot of uh, hardships. You went through it all. Your entire life was chaos, really. But people born in 1985, people born in 1995, um, they don't understand what true hardship is. They didn't go through multiple world wars. See, a ton, sure, we've had wars the past you know, 20 years or whatever, um, but nowhere near the extent of these, uh, these global conflicts. I mean, if someone's phone isn't working, they throw a tantrum, right? I just think uh, it goes without saying that we are a lot more soft than our grandparents were. And I think, uh, you know, you don't ever be the old man that says, ah, kids these days, but we do live in a lot of comfort, man. We live in a lot of comfort. I'm, I, I know if I, if it gets uh, 85 degrees, I'm looking to turn the air conditioner on. I mean, we, we are, we, we live in this comfort. We have access to everything at our fingertips and still young people who don't, don't know anything about adversity love to complain. I mean, I hope that that puts things in perspective. If you haven't seen it, it's on my uh, Facebook uh, post. It's a long, long write up. I don't want to read it right now, but uh, it, it puts things in perspective for me, thinking about my grandparents and, and your grandparents and just like, man, they went through a lot. We, we really haven't gone through that much. Um, anyway, uh, let's see here. Okay, the renaming of the, <laughs> the Cleveland Indians. This occurred last week. Everyone knew it was going to happen. They're, they knew they were going to change the name. And they picked Guardians because it's something to do with bri the bridges over there or a bridge. And I, I don't know exactly, but I know that's something to do with that. And it, sound, it rolls off the tongue kind of like Indians. It has the same last, what, four letters or whatever. Uh, D-A, five, five, five letters. But the Cleveland Guardians, I'm not even sure what the mascot is, but to, to change the team name, uh, first of all, team names are to honor people. Why would you try to be represented? Why would, why, why would you want something that is, uh, you're representing that? You know, hey, we're the Eagles, we're the Vikings, we're the whatever. Like, 
There's pride in a team name. You don't name yourself something that you're making fun of. So that's always been my stance as far as, you know, this, this outcry for, for the renaming of teams because it's, uh, it's insensitive. And Matt, Matt, maybe you're, you're just a jerk. What, I, don't, I don't care. I told you when the Redskins were renamed. Uh, it's, when you rename a team, it doesn't like take, just take away their like, oh, okay, the last 40 years didn't happen. Okay, I've talked, we already talked about some real like awful oppression and things. And I'm not, you know, maybe it's, there is some Native Americans out there that are very offended by this. I haven't seen that many. There's a lot that are like, that's not a big deal. Um, so for me, I'm going to continue to call them the Cleveland Indians. That's me. I did that with the Redskins the past couple of years. I think a lot uh, or past year. I think a lot of people accidentally do that anyway. A lot of people still call the Chargers, uh, the San Diego Chargers and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know. To me, I, I can't look at that team out there. You can you can change the logo. You can put something different on the scoreboard, but that's the Cleveland Indians. I mean, how far do we take this? Do we go back? Do we go back now and take away two, two great sports movies, Major League and Major League Two, because it has some uh, cultural insensitive uh, uh, scenes you know, TP talk and then they show the, the, the tri, you know, he calls the fans, the tribe, uh, you know, the, the Cleveland Indians are the featured team. Do we go back and remove that movie from, uh, from existence? I don't think so. I don't think it has the same concept. You're like, Oh, the, the Cleveland guardians. Yeah. Let's let's do you. <laughs> I just don't know where it ends, man. It's a movement for a reason. It's uh, it's always moving. It never stops. And uh, people will be on to the next controversy, I'm sure, here very soon. I'm just like, we must be out of problems. We are out of problems if we are making big deals of, of these things. Maybe I just don't get it. Maybe I don't get it. And that's fine. I don't need to get it. But uh, renaming the Cleveland Indians, good for you. Way to go. Hey, just like that, problem solved. That fixed everything. There's huge murder rates in the city of Cleveland, but let's change the name of the, of the baseball team. That is important. Very, very important stuff. Congratulations to the Cleveland Indians. Man, who knew? Who knew? Just changing something would fix everything. Could have done it years ago. Solved all kinds of problems. Uh, there will be pursuit of all team names now and i say this i said it jokingly before when i talked about the the redskins and the indians it's like well where do you go do you, do you rename the vikings those are pretty awful guys pirates we're not talking pirates of the caribbean here pirates were plunders and pillagers and you know quite evil dudes uh this is always fun to put to play this game what's another one um Another group of people, uh, the, the conquerors. Anyone who's a conqueror? Ooh, that's a bad one. Let's rename it. Cowboys. You know how many cowboys killed Indians? <laughs> we got to change that one now. If, if you're going to eliminate Indians, I think it's only fair. What, what do kids call it these days now when you, uh, when you, you know, you used to play cowboys and Indians as a kid? Do they, do they even say that anymore? Or is it like, hey, go play. Uh... <laughs> go. 
go play cowboys and uh uh native americans <laughs> culturally uh appropriate terminology you can't say cowboys no but no, no we're just again we're out of problems if these are the things we we worry about uh, go play cowboys and indians that, that we used to do that all the time and it was cool being both it was cool you could you could be the indian you have that spear uh, the bow and arrow that was awesome and then it was cool to have a cowboy hat and a six shooter those were those were fun also uh equal equal uh equal love to uh playing cowboys and indians a lot of fun so uh they were just games kids played back then Uh, now god forbid kids even have weapons when they play oh that that will turn them into something bad i heard uh, the podcast on friday i hope you guys enjoyed with matt brown what a what a great storyteller what what, uh, his experiences I hope you guys tune into his, his podcast, but he talked about being, I think it was 10, 12 years old and his dad worked at Long Beach airport and he was a, him and his friend were given a golf cart and a BB gun and shoot birds off of planes. Make sure they, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I go, there's no way that was a real job. And in today's world, the dad would be in jail and the kid would uh, have to go to counseling or something for, for doing that. Anyway, Cleveland Indians. Good grief. Um, okay, my buddy Fred uh, sent me a text. And regarding the NFL, and this is something that's really gaining gaining steam here with um, the whole vaccination process. The season is uh, just over a month away. There'll be preseason games here soon. Hard Knocks will be going up in uh, Oxnard, California. I've actually gone up there to kind of officiate some Dallas Cowboy practices before. Always fun. Uh uh, always, uh, always a good time to go up there and be around some of the best athletes in the world. But uh, anyway, there was a comment. Uh, I saw a tweet by DeAndre Hopkins, the NFL wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. He said, never thought I would say this, but being put in a situ in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my f- future in the NFL. And you know, there's some truth to that. There's no requirement for players to take the vaccine. There are requirements for some top tier, I guess, coaches uh, and assistant coaches and things like that in the, uh, in, I don't know what, how they term, how they term it, the uh, different tiers. And so some coaches, there's even been some coaches who've lost their job. And they're like, I'm not taking it. I'll, I'll, I'll resign. I mean, so this, this requirement, this vaccine requirements, it sounds like people are open. If, if you want to demand everyone get vaccines, it sounds like uh, people are open to people losing their jobs. I mean, we've seen that a lot this past year anyway, where people just don't care if people can't work or, or, or you know, are fired from their job or lose everything. People don't care. They say they care, but they don't care. So DeAndre Hopkins and other NFL players are hesitant to take this thing um, because they, well, first of all, it's, they have a right to. It's their choice. And they've heard about some friends or family who have kind of had side effects. And maybe, you know, we're not allowed to talk about that stuff, of course. But I thought the comment that uh, Fred sent me from, I don't even know who this guy is, but the comment under the DeAndre Hopkins tweet, I thought said a lot. And the quote was, what gets lost in the 99.6 survival rate for the NFL's entire age group, what gets lost? 
uh, 99.6 survival rate for uh, the NFL's entire age group. Think guys 20, 20 to 35, probably whatever. That's probably the standard age group. Um, he goes, how many players, coaches, executives, or fans died without a vaccine last year due to a game? Thought it was an interesting question. You know, data, right? That's always interesting uh, to formulate opinions and hopefully gather facts is data. And the argument, of course, is, well, it's not about them. It's, they can pass it. They can spread it. And we've kind of been over this, like, okay, but those people who are concerned, you know, are probably not going to public places, are probably not, uh, who are probably already v- vaccinated. They probably even are extra cautious and wear masks, all right? People that aren't worried about it are just like, if I get it, I get it. They are making the choice to not be affected by it. So it's interesting that, yeah, with this super high survival rate, some NFL guys are very hesitant to put a vaccine in their body, put something in their body that they probably don't need because they're going to be fine. But you can't say that. That's like, I can't believe you would even think that, right? That's, that's where we're at. And the NFL has said that players who are unvaccinated, they are going to be basically treated like second-class citizens. It's uh, if, if, if a team is unavailable to play a game on time, they're not going to postpone games like they did last year and move games from Sunday to Wednesday, or, you know, the juggling of times and everything. They're not going to do that this year. Apparently they want everyone vaccinated. And they're saying, if you, if you have vaccinated players who have issues with COVID, you ba- you won't be penalized like you will if players are unvaccinated and get COVID or have COVID issues. Then you could see a forfeit. And in a forfeit, uh, players will lose uh, a game check. So, and, and you know these NFL salaries are pretty high, right? They're divided game check-wise by 17. And they get paid weekly depending on uh, the size of their <coughs> salary, size of their contract. What's Dak Prescott making? Uh, Forty million a year. What's forty million divided by seventeen? That's his game check. So if a team has to forfeit, players are going to lose that money. So now they're putting pressure on uh, other players, and you know, shaming them basically into this thing. And I stand with the players on this. I see if a player doesn't want to get vaccinated, that's his right. I don't think uh, they should be forced to do that. I don't know if the NFL is trying, you know, they're trying to not lose money. Of course, it all comes down to money. They say it's about health, but it's about money. Make no mistake about it. Um, So I am, I am very curious over this upcoming season. The NFL continues to like push people away. Even guys like me, diehard guys who, uh, who love my LA Rams. And I love watching NFL on Sundays and Mondays. And, uh, but they really are trying to, to push fans away. And they've done a good job of it, much like the NBA has. And it's hilarious to me how NBA fans or sports fans in general, they, they, if they're kind of left-leaning, they refuse, refuse to believe that uh, NFL, NBA ratings are down because they got, like, woke. They got woken up, in my opinion. Uh, they... They put the BLM all over the court. They, you know, everyone was kneeling and um, 
the NFL was able to get away with some of their little uh, cosmetic theater uh, virtue signaling stuff they did during their season, they were able to kind of get away with it. But when you're not as popular as the NFL, and then you try to, to, you know, the NBA really was at the forefront of all this last year to tell people, you know, uh, that's my favorite. My favorite is uh, let's unify everyone. But at the same time, we have to call everyone uh, a, a name, basically label everybody as something, but let's unite. That is very uh, unifying. So some people, some, uh, or I should say the NFL, some, some leagues can survive more than others, but the NFL ratings, you know, when, when they, during the Kaepernick thing, they, that started, they went sideways. They went, they, they dropped significantly and then all that stopped. I don't know why. Maybe there was loss of money in spot and, uh, advertising advertising and, and like stuff like that but i just i find it interesting i mean they're going to do multiple national anthems apparently uh not and we're not talking uh american and like canadian national anthem like we see in hockey and stuff um i'll let you guys look into that i don't want to comment on that at this time uh but the nfl continues to like try to push people you have you have a great product you have the most popular po- product don't, why would you want to alienate fans? Why would you do things? Why would you do things that will probably lose you some viewers and not gain you one? There's no one sitting around that is going to go, uh, you know what? I've never watched the NFL before. I am going to tune in now, now that they are demanding that players get vaccinated. I will support that. People who don't watch the NFL aren't going to magically do that. However, there will be some people uh, based off of some of these policies and, and other things that I don't even get into uh, that uh, uh, they'll, they'll say, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. There will be a lot more of those people than, than gaining an audience. You'll lose a good portion of your audience when you constantly uh, try to push uh, causes down people's throat instead of doing uh, man, what a concept to, to just play football. What, what to do something that people actually tune in for. That would be that would be amazing. I think there's show there's channels CNN, M- MSNBC, Fox News, News um, Newsmax. Uh, there's all kinds of channels and, and places to go if you want politics. But if you want to watch a football game, I would think, I would think, turning a football game on would be the way to do that. But uh, apparently, it's not. So. Uh, I'm curious to see where the NFL ratings go this year. Some people will say, well, it can never be, uh, it can never be uh, go down. Well, it did a few years ago and then things changed. So uh, I, this, this whole vaccine policy, this vaccine uh, craze, whatever you want to call it, it does seem to be dividing us as Americans. It seems to be dividing uh, us against each other. And I, I don't, I don't like it. I, I mean, it's, you are labeled as a irresponsible, awful person person if you have hesitancy in taking something. So if we've learned anything the past year, uh, there there is no uh, there is no place for multiple opinions. You will submit. You will submit to the, the decrees from our uh, our overlords. You will do not question. There is no dissent. There is no dissent. You will do what people tell you because 
It's in the name of safety. This is for you. It's better for you. I am deciding what is better for you, not you. You're not allowed to talk about you or care about you. I will. We will. This this fascination with controlling people's lives, I will never understand. I have no interest in controlling someone's life. None. I, I don't understand like why people want to play puppeteers. That's just, I want to live my life. I don't I mean, I, I do care about your life. Some of you, uh, <laughs> some of you I care, but I'm, I'm honestly like, go do whatever interests you. And if we have common interests, cool, we can do it together. But like, I don't know, live your life. Why are you worried about other people's lives? Oh, as I mentioned, Hard Knocks is, uh, is going on up in Oxnard. I always like that show because it kind of takes you behind the scenes. You know, you see the interaction of the practices and uh, guys are mic'd up on the field and, and you know you see the coaches and guys players getting released you know guys come on trying to make the roster and two years ago was the Raiders thought that was really good uh, there was a lot of you know Gruden was still new and and there was controversy with uh, Antonio Brown uh, two, last year they tried to do this double thing with the Rams and the Chargers being in LA moving into the new stadium and everything I, I didn't think it worked it wasn't as good as for me as a Rams fan as it was uh, four years before when the Rams moved to LA, even though it was a terrible team, but it was cool watching that transition from a team moving from the Midwest back to its original roots. So uh, I've always enjoyed hard knocks. It's once a week. It's like, I think it's August 12th. It's four weeks. I think it's only four, maybe it's five. It's a one hour show Sunday nights at like nine. And it just follows the team for that week, their practices, their, uh, their meetings. It's funny seeing coaches just chew players out. I mean, think about the, the NFL, there's this buildup to the season, the, the kickoff in September. And, you know, a lot of these guys playing these preseason games, only three preseason games this year. It's part of the agreement to go to 17 games. Uh, it, it's interesting. The whole thing's interesting. Anytime you can go behind the scenes and, and check out that stuff. So if you have HBO, this might be good to get it for just maybe this month, even uh, subscribe to it or however it works. I think HBO, what max, I think is like 15 bucks a month or something. I don't, not a, not a salesman by any means, but I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait uh, upcoming. Cause again, uh, July and August, they're kind of slow sports, uh, sports months. We do have the Olympics and that's, that's okay to tune into, but uh, you know, if it's, if it's diving or something I'm, or fencing, I'm just like, ah, I'm not that interested <laughs> So there may be non-sports related topics and there may also just be some, um, I don't know, some, some football talk, hopefully, as we build up to the season here. Uh, I'll take this commercial break. First of all, more coffee, almost gone. But I forgot to say this at the beginning of the show. One of the things I am considering is that I've been doing this show for over a year now um, or into our second season. And I really haven't taken a break <laughs> from it by any means. I've, I've brought something to you at least uh, every week. I used to do it five days a week. That was during uh, the lockdown when I was unemployed. Uh, now I do it three days a week and I like the structure. I get to say my opinions about things on Mondays. Bill Barnes, I bring in for entertainment on Wednesdays. Uh, he and I had a great debate last week, I thought, spirited. And all is well between us. Heck, we, he was part of the group that I met up with uh, yesterday, I met up with Bill and Donna, me and Valerie and other friends. And, um, you know, we're, we're great. We're on good terms. Same, same as you'll see, you guys will see on Wednesday. We're, we're, uh, we're still best buds and 
Uh, we didn't let a little arguing come between us. It was, it was different to see on the show last week, arguing about the vaccine and everything. And I got some good feedback from, from everybody, from people on, on both sides of the aisle there uh, who, who feel one way or another. So that's, that's what the podcast is about. And Friday, I hope you guys got to hear the long-form interview with Matt Brown, the professional photographer and uh, fellow podcaster. Just, just a lot of fun. I'm one of my favorite interviews. It almost went two hours. We just couldn't stop talking. I, I, he was painting pictures for me and uh, telling me great stories. So that's where the podcast has been, right? I, I've liked how it's developed. Suds with studs, moving that from Friday to Mondays because that kind of uh, you know helps fill some time. And I know not everyone listens on Mondays because they're just like I don't want to hear Matt just by himself. Uh, but for those that do, I greatly appreciate it. Whether it's YouTube or uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. Uh, but I haven't taken a break <laughs> from doing this, and I am proud of that. I'm proud that we've been able to throw together shows, or I shouldn't say we. Todd always makes fun of me for that. I, I have, you know, uh, but in the next couple of weeks here, I haven't fully decided. I have recorded a couple of interviews already, by the way. I'm going to have a friend on, Andy Angelo, this uh, probably a week after after next. Uh, this Friday, you guys, I haven't decided fully yet, but I think we're going to do it. I think I'm going to bring on Valerie Burns, my girlfriend. She hasn't been here since January 1st. So I wanted to have her on every few months and I, and I blink now and it's been, it's been, uh, you know, eight months or seven months since her last appearance. So it's always fun chatting with her to take you guys inside our relationship a little bit. Uh, this Wednesday, we will mark her and I being together five years. Yes. Five years. And I know a lot of you are thinking, Hey Matt, you know, when are you, uh, you know, Hey, we'll talk about that and other things uh, on Friday with Valerie Burns. So I thought it would be fun to have her on as we kind of celebrate an anniversary, talk about maybe some of the hopeful changes in our life here upcoming and just catch up, catch her, catch you guys up uh, with her and she can make fun of me, tell some stories about me, maybe that I don't talk about. And so uh, it's fun having her on. So anticipate that for this Friday for our show as we start a, a new month, the last show of July, July 30th. Uh, yes. Two days after our uh, celebration of getting together uh, five years ago. So uh, that's just some, uh, some uh, content uh, coming up in the future. I am, uh, I've talked to him already and I am going to do a recording with him probably this week and I will probably release that in, in August, one of the August shows. Uh, Brandon Hayashi is the head football coach at Citrus College, recently promoted. So uh, I hope I said his name right. I know I'm on Instagram or have uh, – I knew him from the uh, – he's been on the Pro and Con podcast before. What did this cancel? Oh, I must have been – huh. Interesting. Uh, sorry, uh, just talking to myself here, but Brandon, uh, Hayashi, Hayashi, I think is his name. Anyway, he's going to be on, uh, talk some football with him and his uh, career coaching, uh, coaching journey really. And yeah, he was, he's been on the pro and cod podcast with, uh, Zach Stiver and, uh, Javier Rodriguez and Chris Calderon. So, uh, that's where I heard him. And so I reached out to him and he's going to be on the program here upcoming, but what I am thinking of doing, haven't decided fully is maybe in August, uh, maybe next week, maybe the week after, again, I haven't decided I might take a little break, maybe one week off, maybe two weeks, no more than two weeks, but I might take a breather, step back, kind of get ready for football season, if you will. 
And, um, you know, I know you guys love this weekly thing, but I, I might need the break. We might also be making some changes here uh, shortly with some other things that my mind might be elsewhere. So that's just a heads up. I don't know exactly when or, you know, what the plan is, but it's something I'm thinking about. I love, I love kind of the, the repetition of getting to jump into this seat every week and, and do a, uh, do a pod with, with you guys, whether it's Monday by myself or with my brother, Wednesday with Bill Barnes. And of course, Friday, talking to someone new, a lot of carry youth league, real Hondo prep people, a lot of sports officials and things of that nature. But that is a, uh, that is tentatively what is going to happen. I may take a, a, a week off, uh, maybe two weeks just to recharge the batteries, maybe still do some interviews and get them stockpiled and ready to go for when football season occurs. But there'll be a lot of things to talk about when uh, September rolls around, college football kicking off and, uh, and other things. So that's just a heads up and some content uh, uh, scheduling that is, uh, that is coming moving forward. I wanted to give you guys a heads up on. Okay, uh, something I saw on Twitter, this was Will Kane posted this. He posted uh, something regarding cop pro- propaganda, propaganda against the police. And it showed this guy in a car and he's videoing this cop and this cop walks over and he throws a baggie in the back seat of a car and look to be drugs, some type of, you know, substance or whatever. And the guy's like, Hey, I got you on video. I just saw you do that. And the cop's like, I got you on video too. Like it, it, it shows him with his body cam. And that was kind of the end of the video. Someone posted that they ran with it. And what was so irresponsible is that it was, it was specifically clipped to just show that. So there was no, uh, con- what would you call that? No, no content, no, you didn't know the whole story. It just looked like, oh my goodness, a cop is throwing drugs, planting evidence to make this guy look like he's, uh, you know, has drugs on him. But then there's a body cam video where it shows two cops searching another suspect. They pull the drugs off of the guy someone who I think was in the car with this guy. He walks it over to the car where the, the guy's filming. He throws it in the back seat and the guy's like, hey, what I, what I just told you, the video I just shared with you. Hey, that you, you just threw that in the car. That wasn't on me. And he goes, I got you on video. And he goes, I got you on video. So anyway, the long-winded story is the cop tells the guy, and you see this in the body cam video. Yeah, we pulled that off of him. I, I, I don't want to hold, I can't be holding that. We're, we're, he says, he says, everything is on video. You can see it all. He says, you're fine. We're not planting evidence on you. This was on him. And he, and, but of course the video was edited to fit an agenda. And so I'm wondering if there's going to be any apology made for her, for whoever posted this video, trying to stir up something. I mean, how, how many uh, cities need to burn before we stop doing this type of crap. We're looking so hard. We're looking so hard for, for, for things like this. If you have to search that hard, if you have to create these moments out of thin air, then is it happening that often? I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm sure, I'm sure there's cops planning evidence. I'm sure it's, well, it's happened before. I know that. And I'm sure yeah, there's, there's probably some, some of that still going on. Not denying that, but to have to create, have to pretend something happened. Doesn't that say that maybe it's not happening as much as you think? It's like, I, I always say this about like, you know, we have to 
create issues, create false narratives. We have to create things that never happened and say that, well, they did. This guy was prejudiced to me. You, you do the whole story and it's like, oh, actually, no, they weren't. I'm not denying it doesn't happen, but I'm saying the rate at which it happens is probably not that much if we have to create it. And shame on the people who tried to make this into a story when in fact there was no story. It was just more propaganda against the police. If you want to see it, go to Twitter. Uh, Will Kane, who I've told you guys about, is fantastic. And um, he has a great podcast, Mondays and Fridays. Listen to that. Uh, it'll make you uh, smarter. And uh, he tweets out some pretty great stuff too. And I thought that was very responsible of him because who knows? We could have uh, Cities could have been burned and, and, and lives ruined uh, based off of a false story that someone was trying to run with. That shows you how evil people are. If, if, if they're trying hard to paint someone, paint a, a group of people, in this case, the police, in a negative light, you're trying hard to make them to be these awful people when they're just doing their job and maybe you don't understand all their tactics and everything. They're just doing their job. And you're trying to make them out to be monsters. I mean, when, when the shooting of Makai Bryant happened and there were still people that like, Use of force was is unacceptable as she's has a knife raised ready to stab somebody. I mean, that's where it's like, okay, we, we got to be on the same page of one of these, one of these instances. And again, I'm not denying brutality ha happens and I'm just denying, I am saying the rate at which we are told that these things happen is false. I don't trust the media. There's people they stare at their televisions and they just nod and yeah, oh yeah. There's no thinking anymore. And I'm not just saying uh, left-wing media stuff either, even though that's kind of redundant. It's mostly, mostly media, mostly uh, left-wing agendas. There's so-called conservative uh, news that I, I see and I don't trust 100% or I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Or at least I, I try to fact check it so if people trying to paint police in a negative light, uh, you got to get a life, really. I mean, you got you got to get a life, man. Get a girlfriend. Go go uh, get a I don't know, get a job. Get a hobby. Do something. Whatever. But but some people have turned into these like professional uh, victims around uh, around the uh, the U.S. There's plenty there's plenty of victims already in in our society, uh, whether it be. Uh, you know, interaction with police or uh, getting gunned down by, by gang members. Any, there's all kinds of issues. We don't need to create them. And if we do need to create, if we are creating them, then maybe, maybe things aren't as bad out there as they uh, appear to be uh, coming out of the television sets and, uh, and things, things being told constantly how awful we are. All right. Um, sensitive control there. I saw this on Instagram. I don't know if you guys care about this. Instagram, I guess, uh, did something with their settings where it's called sensitive content control. So go into your settings. And if you, if you don't want that on, I think they just turned it on for everyone. So uh, if, what exactly is sensitive content? I think it's personally, it's anything that is kind of conservative slanted is being labeled as misinformation, right? Um, you get all these warnings and Hey, you posted something that's not completely true, <laughs> but uh, Instagram has done that. 
uh, in a way to censor people. So it, it's just a something you could, a setting that you can uh, turn on and off. But I did see that. I think Candace Owens posted that, and I was like, oh, well, uh, let me go turn mine off because uh, I'm not afraid to see sensitive content uh, out there on Instagram. And because uh, people use in, again social media as like their news source as well, right or left. It's like, eh, be careful with that. But Instagram, I did see that. So uh, uh, anyway, let's see. I talked about the Guardians. The Guardians. The Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the only Guardians I know. And uh, Val loves that movie. I'm like, eh, whatever. I watched it for her. We'll talk about that maybe on Friday. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma. College football news. Well, it's college sports news. But let's be honest. Uh, college football makes the, makes the college uh, athletic program go around, especially at those two universities. So... Two of the most, uh, you know, the big universities in uh, the Big 12 at the time, two very good programs historically. I think Oklahoma has had more relevance the past, I don't know, 20 years than Texas has uh, overall. But these two teams moving to the SEC is interesting. It, may, it takes the SEC from 14 to 16, and it gets the SEC, not West Coast, but a little West. When AM joined, right? Texas AM joined a few years ago. That's that's like East Texas. That was, I believe. Yeah, East. Um, but Oklahoma and Austin, I think they're like, are they North, well, North Texas and Oklahoma? Anyway, whatever it is, it gets the SEC just a little bit more west, right? And you're never gonna grab a Pac-12 team and get them in the in the SEC. But I think Texas and Oklahoma, they look around and they say, you know what? Uh, the big 12 is big 12 football has gone a direction of like uh, arena football type of thing. Their games, the big 12 games are like 50 to 47 and stuff like that. And it's just no defense spread everyone out all the time. Uh, throw it trick plays. It's just, that's, that's what it is. Big 12 is just like no defense football, Texas and Oklahoma are kind of the outliers there. Um, they spread it out too. they put up points, but traditionally you think of them as a more, you know, some, some defensive minded teams. I think in that regard, they would fit well in the sec. The sec has a lot of, uh, you know, pro set, uh, formations, not, not everyone. Uh, the, the defenses are definitely uh, better in the sec than I would say any other conference out there. Maybe the big 10 big 10 is, uh, is pretty strong overall defensively. Uh, but I think Oklahoma and Texas work there. The problem with going to this conference now, now they're not going to be the top, the top dogs, one, a one B, right? Like they have been in the big 12 for these past few years or there for a long time. You know, they, they might not even be in the top half as far as consistent competitiveness. When you look around the sec, I mean, yes, Alabama's King, but Auburn's pretty good every now and then. LSU has had some great teams, multiple national championships. I, I think Texas and Oklahoma are better than the second half teams, the second tier of teams in the in the SEC. Better than the the bottom seven, we'll say. But in making this jump, I don't know if it's for exposure or what exactly it's for. Maybe they just see the writing on the wall with the Big 12. The Big 12, uh, ironically, has gone from, you know, they are now, the Big 12 has 10 teams. The Big 10 has uh, 14 teams, I think. Maybe I could be wrong. 12, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's 14. 
So I don't know if this is going to be like a snowball effect for the big conferences used to be the power five, right? Pac-12, Big 12, SEC, ACC, and Big 10. We're starting to see is that 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 power five might eventually turn into a power four. I think without Texas and Oklahoma, what is the Big 12? What is their identity? Who are they? Kansas basketball? Uh, Who's another decent football program TCU I've always kind of pulled for them because they you know they're kind of that smaller school that was in the Mountain West and then all of a sudden they're they're in the uh, the Big 12 uh, playing uh, playing against Texas and the big boys so I've always respected their program but one thing I could definitely see is that the Big 12 just disintegrates remember at one time it was uh, was it the Big 8 I think I think the Big 12 was the Big 8 and back when it was, uh, there was, let's see, the Texas schools, there was Rice, SMU, Texas, Arkansas. Um, that all kind of disintegrated and some of those schools uh, spilled into uh, SEC school, or Arkansas did. It was a Missouri. I can't remember. I Forgive me. I should have had this ready. Um, but Big 12 was founded in 94. The eight members of the former Big 8 conference joined uh, the Southwest Conference School. That's what it was. Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, and Texas Tech. So the Big Eight basically became the, the Big 12 with the adding of those four schools from uh, the Southwestern Conference, which was a pretty good football conference for a lot of years. Back when SMU was good, Rice was good, of course, Texas and all those schools. So the Big 12, their, their footprint has just changed so much. I mean, uh, West Virginia is in there. Um, from the big East, you got, uh, uh, TCU, as I mentioned, uh, Texas tech, uh, there's only 10 teams, uh, Baylor. I, I could see this. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could see the likes of Texas tech and maybe Baylor, uh, going drifting, if you will, to the PAC 12. Remember years ago when it was going to be the PAC uh, 16, both Oklahoma schools and uh, Texas and Texas Tech, I think it was, we're going to go or in talks about going to the PAC 12, going West. This was probably 10 years ago and it never, never happened. But if Texas and Oklahoma leaves, you got eight teams now in the big 12. Do you add teams or is it just easier for those eight teams to go elsewhere? You could have Baylor and Texas Tech come West and be in the PAC 12. It's not that far away either. Tucson, Arizona isn't that far from, uh, say, Texas Tech and Waco and, and you know, uh, where uh, Lubbock, Lubbock's Texas Tech and, and Waco, Texas is Baylor. Uh, who does that leave behind? Uh, there's rumors that Kansas and Iowa State might be interested in going to the Big Ten. Big Ten, if the SEC goes to 16, I would imagine the Big Ten wouldn't mind having uh, 16 as well. So I could be, you know what? I got to look that up right now. Does the big 10 have 14 or 16. I thought maybe it was, it was, uh, it was 16 because they have that, uh, that the, the 10 looks like a six or the, instead of a, 
it's called big it's like a G instead of a, uh, let's see. Okay. 14 members and two affiliate. And those are like teams that uh, play in like, uh, like Notre Dame is connected to the ACC, but not an ACC member in football. They're independent. So yeah, big 10 has 14 teams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I could see, I mean, it's weird that Oklahoma who plays Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, not being a package deal. You know, being in the same conference, uh, Iowa, Iowa could join uh, the Big Ten, their Big Ten uh, in-state rivals, Iowa. That makes sense for them to go up there and, and be in that conference. That would make sense to me. Kansas and Kansas State not being in the same conference, that would be kind of weird. So, um, I don't know. Maybe Kansas and Kansas State go. Maybe Kansas and Iowa State go Big Ten. Uh, maybe some of those teams, I can't imagine them spilling into the ACC. But who knows? Uh, West Virginia, they used to play. Oh, no, they were Big East. That was Big East, yeah. Why they're in the Big 12, that doesn't make sense to me. But there's TCU. I mean, TCU could be in the Pac-12. Think about it. The, the Pac-12, they would have to pick up four teams to get 16 teams like the SEC is going to be. If the, Again, if Oklahoma goes. The ACC will want to pick up, uh, I think they are – uh, 14 members as well. I, I should have looked all this up, but anyway, that could be the norm. It could be where there's just four 16 team conferences. And what does that say for schools like the mountain West? What does that say for schools that are in the big, uh, big East play football, whatever the, the, uh, the mountain West, I always, you know, think of and support out here because, uh, you know, they're a smaller, smaller conference that, uh, that uh, doesn't get the love it deserves and has some pretty good teams as well. So we'll see. It's interesting. It's very interesting. We're starting to see college sports, yes, change, but college football is what makes the world go around. We're starting to see some real significant changes. And I find it, the timing of it interesting. This comes out right after the whole name, image, and likeness thing where athletes, college athletes can make a significant amount of money. And with the considering of the pack, uh, excuse me, the college football playoff uh, changing. So all of that is interesting. It's, it's kind of, you start to see the snow, but you start to see things are moving. Things are shaking. It's, it's going, it's go time. So college football could really be changing here in the near future. And I know all sports will be affected college baseball, college basketball, but I think even the non-football schools, like a Kansas, um, like, uh, you know, Duke and these basketball schools, really. I still think football brings in a significant amount of money and conference realignment is always going to be based off of football. Let's, let's just be honest. It always has, it always will be. So there's a lot of changes going on right now in college football. It's really getting the blood flowing here for the upcoming college football season because i think this year specifically the nfl yeah again i I like the nfl but the college football season for me is gonna be very exciting seeing fans in stands again right there's uh 50 people show up to uh 60,000, maybe 70 to nfl games hundred thousand people show up to college football games the atmosphere the environment before the game the, uh, the on-campus stuff, it's, it's, uh, it's a little different than the NFL. So I think there's some real changes, probably in a, in a good positive direction here upcoming for uh, college football.
call all of college athletics, I know, but college football. So uh, here we are, July 26th, college football season, basically a month away, Labor Day weekend, right? It'll be a ton of games. And so I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Oklahoma, Texas, the fact that the Big 12 is kind of this, it's a JV-ish conference, conference now. I've been critical of the Pac-12 as well. But tech, I don't know, the Big 12, there's no identity. And without Texas or Oklahoma, there really is no identity uh, on the football side of things. I mean, there just isn't. So I think it would be best if the Big 12 just dissolved and uh, kind of went to the other four big power conferences. And you better act quickly here because there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking, a lot of, uh, a lot of moving parts. And so you better act quickly because you might be left without a chair when the music stops, if you don't uh, pay attention and handle your business. Well, guys, that will wrap up today's show, our Monday edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. I will be joined by Bill Barnes on Wednesday. We are going to be recording on Tuesday, tomorrow with Bill Barnes here at the Eastfield Studios. And as a reminder, guys, Tuesday happens to be Bill Barnes's birthday. Yes, 62 years young. Um, I don't know if I have time to get him a, a cake or something, but we are going to be recording Tuesday morning. We'll do a Facebook live show. Maybe that'll go a little bit longer than normal. I don't know, but I'd like listeners out there to uh, send some messages if they want. Send some uh, happy birthday love to Bill Barnes, whether uh, the, the email address here at the Get Home Safe Podcast, Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com or social media page whenever we post anything, or you guys know how to get a hold of Bill too. If you want to send him a voice message, man, uh, uh, call in. You guys know where to do that. Look down at the episode notes. There's a link there to do that. Say hello to Bill Barnes and wish him a very, very happy birthday. So a big week here on the podcast, Bill Barnes's birthday, me and Valerie celebrating uh, five years together. You guys will hear us uh, make fun of each other and chat on Friday. And then I might be taking a break soon. I don't know when, but uh, maybe next week, maybe the week after, I will keep you guys updated. Be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen, uh, YouTube, we appreciate it. Comments, uh, anything. We, we, we appreciate all the support, but you will stay updated if you follow us on uh, various social media platforms or if you subscribe to the podcast, as uh, I'm sure you're all aware by now. It's a, another start to a week, guys. Have a great week. We will be back. Well, tomorrow on uh, the weekly Wednesday weigh-in preview show on Facebook, and then our weekly Wednesday weigh-in official show will be posted, released on Wednesday. And of course, me and Valerie Burns, a long-form conversation on Friday. That's the schedule this week. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great start to your week. Have a great week altogether. But guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. We greatly appreciate the support. We know we have a lot of loyal listeners out there, but we always want to keep people informed of the many ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. We have various social media platforms. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. There's plenty of ways and options to listen to the get home safe podcast anchor helps distribute our podcast to places like apple spotify google and many more 
We also have a YouTube channel that is brand new for us. Not a whole lot of content on there yet, but we're going to try to put out more and more video episodes in going forward, as well as short clips here and there regarding uh, big events that happen uh, over the course of time. So lots of options out there, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, offer uh, some suggestions or content uh, topics, or uh, just ask us some random questions. We always appreciate that. I know Bill Barnes does, especially on Wednesdays. So uh, looking forward to continue to bring you great episodes here on the Get Home Safe podcast on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Guys, have a great rest of the week. And as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you.